What's good, family? Thank you so much for joining me. You are tuning in to the Things Cherish Show, where we talk all things money, mindset, and motivation on your journey to financial independence. Welcome to another episode of Chit Chat with Cherish. I'm your host, Cherish of CherishWalker.com, where I show you how to change your relationship with money and accompany you on your journey to wealth. Okay, y'all. So we about to chit chat real estate. Okay. So if you follow me on social media, you know that I am a real estate investor, um, as well as a mortgage banker and real estate is near and dear to me because I know that I'm going to be rich off real estate. Okay. And I know this because 90% of the millionaires in America have made a significant amount of their wealth through real estate. And it's my philosophy and my thought process that if you do what other successful people are doing, that you will also be successful. So it's already written in the books that I'm going to be rich off real estate. But what I want to talk about today is investing in the hood. So I'm from Detroit and the opportunity in Detroit is so great right now. And it, it really kind of saddens me that the people here don't really see the value in Detroit right now. And what I mean by that is... um. I register for our county tax auction every year. And the first time that I um, took part in the tax auction was like 2015. At this time, it only cost about $1,000. No, I think it was was $500 to bid on one property. And it was like $1,500 to bid on multiple properties. And as the years went on, the cost to even just register for the auction increased year after year after year. And if you don't know anything about the marketplace or supply and demand, what happens is when there are a lot of people interested in one thing, the prices are going to be raised to offset that demand. So when you say that year after year, it costs $500 more, $1,000 more to take part in the same auction, that says to me that more people have, you know, heard about this auction, have gotten hip to this auction, and more people want in. So what you do is raise the prices. It's kind of like, you know, a, uh, a weeding mechanism if you will, that basically pushes people out who, you know, they may have the $500 that it costs to bid on the property, but if you don't have the $1,500 for that deposit, you can't even get in the game. So people that are living right in Detroit are, for one, losing their properties, but for two, are also not doing the things that are needed to be able to invest in the city that they live in. These people would literally rather 
spend $500 on shoes, spend $500 on hair, spend $500 on uh, vacations, flight tickets, than they would in purchasing a property. And I think that's partly because people don't really think that you can buy property for $500. Like I've been saying this for years and years and years, and I don't think that people really believe it. Well, I don't think the people here really believe it. Because the people from out of town, the people from around the corner, and the people from overseas, they believe it. They know it because they're doing it. And all we're doing is watching and listening to what other people are doing. And we're spectating and speculating from the sidelines instead of actually getting our own feet wet. So we're literally living in a gold mine, but because we're so close to it, because we're into it, we can't see the value in our own backyard. So what do we do? We leave the city. We say, oh, no, I'm not buying no houses in Detroit. You know, and it doesn't even have to be Detroit. This is literally any uh, metropolitan kind of like, you know, inner city in America. Oh, I'm not buying no house in Detroit. I don't want to live in the city. I don't know. I'm not going back to the city. You know, all of these things. Yet. I literally sat on my porch a couple months ago and watched five cars full of investors from Canada, um, Windsor and uh, Canadian Plates, meet up outside of one of their properties directly across the street from me and talk real estate. Over 30 interested and motivated people ready To take your trash and treasure it. And it confuses me as to how we can complain and gripe about not having anything or that we don't have the same opportunities as everybody else. But the opportunities that we have that are literally in our backyard, we stepping over them, you know, saying it's trash. And we letting somebody else come and pick it up for pennies on a dollar. And then we want to get mad and talk about gentrification and all of these other people, quote unquote, other people coming in and taking what's ours when we don't even want it. You know, it kind of reminds me of the breakups, you know, where someone leaves and you don't want it until somebody else got it. (laughs) You know, so I, I guess that's human nature, but. Um, I just want to talk about the fact that the unique opportunity that is here, not only in Detroit, but I'm just going to speak on Detroit. Um, the opportunity that is here is crazy. Like the, the barrier to entry into this real estate game by starting in Detroit is so low. It's so easy to get started that it literally pains me that people are not jumping on it. I'm so happy that this year um, I did not win any properties in the auction, but I did open up the opportunity for my social media friends to bid on my account and um, 
you know, hopefully win some properties. And one of my Facebook friends, shout out to Ebony, actually won her first property in the Detroit tax auction. And I was just overjoyed for her. Like, you have to understand that you have to start where you're at. You got to start where you at with what you have. So if you can buy a house for less than $5,000, maybe spend another $5,000 to fix it up. You $10,000 in, you know, it took you a year to do it. And now you can rent that place out and have an additional $600 a month, $600, $800, depending on where it's at, coming into your house to help build your wealth and your legacy, I understand why more people are not doing it. So I want to say wherever you are, if it's not in Detroit, wherever you are, find the opportunities that are in your backyard. You know, treasure what you have. Be able to see the potential in the things that you have. It might not be the prettiest right now, You know, it might not be the best looking. It might not be in the best of shape. But what you have to do is, you know, take the time to polish and chisel your stone until it's the diamond that is underneath. Because somebody else is going to come along and they're going to pick it up and they're going to see the potential and they're going to see the opportunity. And you're going to get mad and you're going to say they took it from you and you're going to want it back. And that's not how life works. You have to be able to see the opportunity that is in front of you and literally see past the eyesore that it may be right now. See past the headache that it may be causing you right now and say, if I just put a little time into water in my backyard, it'll be just as green as the grass on the other side. Take a look at where you are at and find those unique opportunities in your backyard. I don't care if it's Detroit. I don't care if it's Chicago, wherever it is. I don't care what the news is saying about that community. There are people that live there. There are people that can be putting money into your pocket and into your family and in your net worth because you invested in where you're at. This is not the last time you are going to hear about investing in Detroit or treasuring what you have. But for now, that is all I have. And on that note, I'm out. All right, y'all. So let's chit chat. Today, um, it's 539 a.m. Um... And I kind of want to talk about a conversation that I had yesterday and then some things that just came to mind um, as I was reflecting on my day yesterday. So I went to Walmart. Um, I went to Walmart this past weekend and I actually left one of my bags on the little... um, turnstile. So I didn't take the bags out of the car until the following day. So I didn't realize that my bag was missing until Saturday sometime. So 
realized the bag was gone Saturday. Purchased it Friday, realized the bag was gone Saturday. And then I went to Walmart Sunday. Okay. So I called first, you know, asked them what the process was. I had left some things there, whatever. And the lady on the phone, she said, just come in, go to customer service. They'll know what to do. I said, okay. So I go to Walmart and I'm actually on the phone with a friend and I'm in the line at customer service. So, you know, I tell them, hold on real quick. I'm talking to the representative and she's like, you know, I'm I'm telling her what happened. I said, I came and bought some stuff um, Friday and I believe I left one of my bags here. So she's like, uh, she's like, okay, do you know what was missing? I said, no, but the lady on the phone just told me to bring the receipt here. So I was guessing, you know, y'all was going to use the barcode that's on um, my receipt and you were just going to scan it. And then I don't know, maybe the things that I left, like I scanned back into the inventory or something. So you would be able to tell that way. And she's like, oh no, we, um, you know, you just let us know what was missing. If it's something that you can easily grab, you just go grab it. I'll write it in the book and then you going on about your day. I said, okay. So then she goes to say, you didn't uh, realize until Saturday that your things were missing. I said, yeah, you know, it was late when I came and bought the stuff and I left it in the car because I wasn't going to use it until Saturday, you know? So I didn't take it out the car. She's like, oh, okay. So the whole time my friend is on the phone and I go back out to the car. I said, well, the things are still in my car. So I'm going to just go out there and kind of check off on my receipt what I actually do have. And that way I'll know what I left. She said, okay, just come back in when you're done. So me and my friend are kind of laughing, you know, about people that take their job too seriously, you know, and he start expounding upon how at his job, um, he doesn't understand why, you know, the managers or the supervisors like basically do the most when people are not doing their jobs or when people don't show up and things like that, because, you know, I was laughing. I'm like, you know, Walmart got billions of dollars. For one, they know people aren't, for the most part, people aren't coming up here um, lying about two things. It literally was two things that I didn't have. Lying about $6 worth of stuff when you bought $100 worth of stuff. So, you know, the process is simple for you to come back and get your things that are missed. It's not like a whole dissertation you got to go through to get your stuff. And we were kind of laughing at that. And I paused for a minute and I said to him, well, I understand. And I I understand Walmart's perspective. I understand the customer service uh, agent's mindset. I understand the mindset of team leaders and managers as well, because I am a business owner. So although I'm an employee, I also run a business. And for me, Um, becoming a Walmart or becoming a Chrysler or Amazon or these big companies is a goal for me. You know what I'm saying? And for me to be the person, to be the CEO or the founder of something, you absolutely want people on your team that takes their job and takes the business as serious as the CEO does. Now, of course, if you're just an employee, if you've never had a business of your own, if it is not your goal to be some you know what I'm saying, super big company with a bunch of employees, then of course you would look at, you know what I'm saying, a customer service 
personnel or a manager and you would think they're doing the most because they're not getting paid any extra to, you know, make sure that people are coming in on time. They're not getting paid extra to uh, make sure that people aren't stealing and all of these things. But when you look at it, the best people on the team are the are the people that look at the business as if it is their own. They feel like their job is significant. They feel like they play a role in the success of that company. And for you to ever think you're going to get any further than you currently are, whether you're an entrepreneur and, you know, maybe you got one product or maybe you got one service and it's just you and you're a one man show. Like for me and my business, I literally have to play the designer. I have to play the marketer. I have to play the customer service agent. I have to play all of these different roles. And what I hope one day is to eliminate myself as the customer service agent, as the shipping agent, as the marketer. And I want to put people in place that can fulfill those jobs. And I want those people to be able to fulfill those jobs even better than I can. So I want a customer service agent, you know what I'm saying, to be on the phone and say, hmm, this actually doesn't sound right. I don't I don't necessarily know if, you know what I'm saying? I, I want them to go through the steps of finding out whether or not uh, a person should receive a refund or whether or not a person was mistreated or whatever. I want them to go through those steps the same way that I would because I want them to understand that their job is so important to what I'm growing and to what I'm building and that it is appreciated. So whether that, you know, be that they're compensated a little more, whether they get bonuses, whatever it is, I want people on my team who understand and feel like they are a part of the growth of my business, even though their name isn't on the forefront, even though they aren't creating anything, they still are significant to the bigger picture. And I was thinking about it even yesterday, which was Monday while I was at work and we had a meeting and it literally was, how do we make things better? Like, what do we do for you guys to make the company better, which in turn makes more money for the company. But just knowing that I had a say-so in, you know, making a, a, a billion-dollar company better, knowing that I'm a part of something that someone built, you know what I'm saying, by themselves that is now making billions of dollars a month, I felt significant in that and... It just, you know, made me understand even more the mindset between employees and employers, you know what I'm saying, or founders and CEOs. And it's just, it, it really comes down to mindset, you know. <laughs> <laughs>